Hey, Josie, do you hear that? No, I don't really hear anything. That's the magic of Witchmas. Oh, is it because we just read We Witch You a Merry Christmas by Adele Abbott? Yeah. And Josie, or and, she, uh, and Jojo, and, and we are potheads, potheads who read. read. <laughs> we're uh, totally not together tonight. We're not together. We are kind of. We've kind of just been in giggling fits the last thirty minutes, <laughs> trying <laughs> to nap it together to get this to get this done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We. We have been, I feel like we've been having a crazy couple weeks. Definitely crazy. Definitely crazy. And then we decided that we wanted to read a short story <laughs> and do a, another podcast on it all before Christmas. And it Absolutely. Today's the 17th, and I plan on having this out before Christmas Day. For she crazy. is crazy and amazing and... And I feel like I'm just as crazy because I'm just as busy. And I'm like, she was like, is it crazy to even do this? She's like sending me a text. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's just do it. Let's just read another 100 page story. Like it's like we just have so much time on our hands. So much time on our hands. But to be fair, we planned this like a week ago. Yeah. A week ago. We were both able to get it read, I think, in the last couple days. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, yeah. So how, this, how ready for Christmas are you? I'm totally not ready. I have to mail my packages still. They're oh. <laughs> I'm so behind. I I'm so behind. <laughs> I have the grace of work kicking me in the butt this year for Christmas. Right. <laughs> I had to actually fly down to Florida for work. I'll be down here for one week, and then I'll be back in Chicago, and then I'll be back in Florida. <laughs> so I uh, I am actually going to be getting back to Chicago, like, right before Christmas, so I wasn't going to have a lot of time. So I actually had to get everything mailed out, all my Christmas cards done, all my shopping which was not the hard part because I love to shop. So I had that done relatively quick. But, you know, the the wrapping, the packaging, all the line at the post office, we all know yeah. how that can go. But I got it all done. I was really Good. surprised. But then part of me is kind of, I think part of me, why I was so excited to read this book is because I had to get Christmas done so quickly this year. Right. That now like literally everything was done before December 1st except for the wrapping part I did that like last week but all of my big Christmas stuff was done before December 1st and so now it's like I'm just forcing myself to do Christmas things to make it feel Christmassy oh I'm I'm just so jealous because I haven't even 
wrapped everything. I haven't mailed anything. Um, that's tomorrow's job. Like literally everything's being done tonight and tomorrow. And then um, I, we have cookies and stuff to bake still. And my kids like Christmas. And I just feel like I've kind of fallen. I've fallen behind this Christmas because normally like I'm a way ahead than I am this year. So yeah, it's so, so crazy. So crazy. But did you guys get to go see Santa yet? We have gone and seen Santa a couple times. Like, oh, good. I mean, we did um, we did breakfast with Santa, and then we did um, the, the base exchange had um a Santa, and we went and saw him. And then on Saturday, total fluke, we're we're driving down the road, and there's a Santa standing on the the grass waving at the cars, and just so happened that where he was at was just down the road a, a bit a couple businesses down from where my husband was actually going to get his haircut and so dash and i walked down to where santa was and he got to see santa again and he but he was he was totally thrilled that like santa was on this the edge of the road and he got to wave to him and say hi to him and everything so that's so much fun. It is. It is. I love the magic of, of Christmas with little kids. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things about when I get to go, like, shopping, not that I get to shop in malls a lot anymore, but when I do, when I love when we get to walk by Santa and you see all the kids. So excited. It and they're excited or a little terrified. Those are kind of funny, too, because I'm that person. But... Um, it's always, it, so it's exciting. funny. Like, it's like one of my favorite things. And yeah, so I've, I, yeah, I've just kind of been like forcing Christmas on myself. Like I made myself usually when I wrap gifts, I just like watch whatever's on, but I like forced myself to watch Christmas movies while <laughs> I was wrapping gifts. And I was, I don't know, like I've been like making myself pull away from my normal podcast that I try to listen to. Right. Like, to work or whatever and be like no actually listen to some music like listen to christmas music which p.s by the way um i haven't heard this album in years but i rediscovered sarah mclaughlin's um christmas album winter song yeah and i have not heard it in years like at least over a decade and it made me fall in love with it all over again. Like her use of percussion through the whole thing, her original songs that she has on there. She does a matchup, a mashup of the first Noel and Mary Mary. So good. So awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to kind of like tie this into our pop up book. We did read this short story. It's actually called We Witch You a Merry Christmas by Adele Abbott. Mm -hmm. And it's a short story. And it's got this, like, kind of funny little cat on the front who you end up discovering is Winky. Sheila, do you want to read the little description? Yeah, I can do that. A short Christmas story featuring all of your favorite characters from the Witch P.I. Mystery Series. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Jill and Mrs. V are both in big trouble until salvation comes from the most unlikely quarter. 
custard creams all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really, I enjoyed it. This was a cute book. Um, I don't know if anybody has read any of Adele Abbott's stories. I have not. She's been in my my Facebook feed for a couple years, and I just haven't purchased any of her books yet. And um, she has, like, I, tw- a lot, like, up into the 20s. Yeah, she has, this series has 29 books in it. Okay, 29. I wasn't sure if it's 27 or 29. Yeah, because I was just, I was actually just re-looking at the books, and the series, for those of you who do not know, is A Witch P.I. Mystery, and then each each book has its own, like, little title. Yeah, and I think, like, a good way to maybe describe this a little bit, even though I have not read any of her other books, um, this is just a short story, um, and this can fit in, I think she said between, like six and seven or seven and eight somewhere like in the first like five or six books it fits but she when I was reading this it it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Stephanie Plum series which is a a bounty hunter Mm. who sometimes is not that I, I and I don't know much about Jill but sometimes Jill I think is a little bumbling like she she may be good at her job but she's a little I don't know, like, just from this story, <laughs> Jill has some, poor Jill. Yeah, um, so, so Jill is the main character, she's the the witch, P.I. And she so just she, found out she was a witch very recently. Yeah, I mean, this book, I feel like this book obviously fits earlier in the series, because you do kind of, like, you gather really quickly that she hasn't known she's a witch very long yeah um but I had that same um that same feeling about her where she's she's kind of that that character where she always tries to do her absolute best and like for whatever reason always falls just a little bit short right right um but it did definitely. I will say that this, I, I didn't feel lost with this story. Right, me neither. Um, without really knowing any of the characters. Um, it honestly kind of intrigued me a little bit because I was like, oh, wait, I want to know more. Like, the character that intrigued me the most was Grandma. Grandma Be- again. Grandma again, these grandmas and their witches. Um, for those of you who've listened to our first one about um, Eddie Steele, we loved Grandma in that series as well. Yeah. But I don't know, like, she seems really mischievous. Yes. There were several comments about well, you know grandma. Oh, grandma's up to no good. What what does grandma do? I think there was even one point which I mean you could totally correct me and I might have this wrong, but I'm almost positive there was one point where Jill even said, My evil grandmother. But she's a witch also. What did she did she say that? It I was don't remember. Like that, or it was like alluding to it. 
That was one of those things that kind of intrigued me, though, because I'm like, okay, is she really a witch who's up to no good? Or is she kind of like, was it like a joke? Like, oh, that evil grandmother, she'll do anything for anybody, but she's kind of a trickster along the way. I think she's just kind of like a little bit of a trickster because they have that snowball scene with her cousins and they, um, the the boy that the cousins used to like when they were younger and his girlfriend who had the competing coffee shop or cupcake shop, cupcake shop. Yeah. And they're having this huge snowball fight and grandma like shows up and the, the guy clocks grandma in the nose, like on the wart. They even talked about the wart, like yeah. her on the wart and it made grandma I don't know how, I don't know if it really made grandma mad, but she took care of the situation. I mean, she was definitely <laughs> perturbed because she covered this person in snow. <laughs> they had to dig themselves out. But they did talk about her war a lot. And even Jill at one point was like, oh no, grandma's, the war on grandma's nose was bright red. And it was right. like, they could tell how angry she was by the war on her nose. Right. Uh, yeah, so what we gathered from this book is that Jill had just recently found out that she's a witch. Yep. Her mother comes to see her in a spirit form. So yeah, her, mother- her mother's passed away, yeah. She has um, an adopted sister. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Adopted uh, that- half. Yeah, it, it's it's um, her adopted sister, but I'm not sure, like... Um, where, where, like why, where, or yeah, they they obviously have a connection, and this is all in like real world. Like she's a private investigator. It sounded like she used to be like a detective or on the police force, but now she's PI. Yeah, it's- I could have been filling that in. I don't know. But then she goes into like she goes into like this other realm or yeah, like she can magic herself to another world yeah. kind of it's like it's a town but like nobody knows what this town is unless you're from there right or a magic like a witch or wizard yourself um and the the witches and wizards or warlocks did they call them warlocks or wizards or with oh, well maybe they were called warlocks mm, i can't remember we but a lot of research for this <laughs> <laughs> we read it really quick yeah. Um, but they uh, they came in and out of like our world. Yeah. Very freely. Yeah, because she had the date with the one guy Drake. <laughs> that date. Which was really funny. So I mean, like, yeah. So she pops in and out. So like in the real world, like her everyday life, you have her secretary, Mrs. V. Yep. Who seems like just the sweetest old lady. Mm-hmm. She's part of a knitting club. You have her sister and her family, and, and the then cat. a nephew, and then you have her cat Winky, who's like a familiar. Right. He speaks normally, but Jill is the only person who can understand him. Everybody else just hears him meowing. Right. I would assume, except for probably the grandmother, because the grandmother does pop into the um the shop. Yeah. Her, her PI office. Yeah. But then in this other world, you have Drake, 
you have her cousins, you have her aunt, you have these friends that the cousins grew up with. And then that's like really all you get in the magic world. Well, she has her dog there too. Oh yeah, her dog. Who was, oh oh my gosh, the scene, her dog was like afraid of the snow. I don't like the white. Yeah, with the white, and then she took him out on a sled, and then he like fell in love with it. Yeah, which is perfect because how many times have you just seen dogs just like go crazy in snowbanks and snow and downhills and the way that scene was written in the book? It was so cute. It was so adorable. Was I loved him? Like he was a cute little endearing character. I think is a good way to say it. Yeah, which is totally opposite of Winky, the cat. And Winky is Winky is a surly little cat. Yeah. He's just a cat. Full of sass, all about himself. He is, like, so annoyed if somebody doesn't feed him on time. He wants to get into, like, the movies and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. He's just, like, really funny. He so has parties. Yeah, he, like, threw parties. He has, like, he's on Twitter um like cat is like this cat is fleck right is that what they say um (laughs) (laughs) we're getting old fleek fleek fleck um where's andy he's our he's our social media and millennial person but um (laughs) no um but it was i don't know it was just really cute like the whole storyline just takes you a couple days before Christmas. Yeah. So Jill, her first first trouble is that she has forgotten to buy the coveted Christmas present that Tid the coveted Christmas present that her niece has requested, and it's the most popular Christmas present or the um, most popular toy. So it's kind of like Cabbage Patch in the '80s, you know, like there's. Yeah, like I just like, which annoys me that I even thought of this, but it's totally like the Tickle Me Elmo. Totally. Tickle Me Elmo, the Cabbage Patch Kids. Couldn't find it. Like people were literally laughing in her face when she was like, yeah, do you have Total Dream Office? (laughs) And they would just like laugh in her face. But she she tried. She I just love how oblivious she even is to it because she's just like, it's just a toy. It's no big deal. I can pick it up three days before Christmas. Right. Like, what's the big deal? No big deal. Yeah. So um, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a very big deal. And this is like all her niece wanted. It was the one thing she asked for. And the mom didn't, Kathy, the sister, mm. um, she didn't really, like, promise it to her niece, but she didn't, like, not not promise it to her. Yeah. She was just kind of like, you just have to wait for Santa. You just have to wait for Santa. I felt like, I mean, I know Jill promised to get it, but here's the thing. Kathy knew her sister, and she knew her, I'm sorry, I'm sure she knows her sister's a flake. Yeah. Um, and she promised, or she had her sister promise to get this, like, very important toy, and then she gave her a really hard time about, I mean, I'm like, I'm sorry, you need to be kicking yourself in the butt, because when it comes to that stuff, you do it yourself. I mean, 
it was like classic passive aggressive because she just oh. was like, oh, is there anything else you need? Nope, because you didn't buy Total Dream Office, so I got you covered. Like Christmas is ruined. <laughs> yeah, like oh, Christmas is ruined because she's not gonna open the toy that everybody else is getting. Right. And honestly, like I was just like, okay, Kathy, I get it, and I get your daughter's gonna be heartbroken. But it just got to a point where I'm like, that's not even the spirit of Christmas. Right. Yeah. It was so consumeristic. It was. And I know at the beginning of this, I was like, I love shopping. And I just go shopping, 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 shopping. <laughs> like, I get it. But it's at the same time, it's it's just not about what you buy. It's about getting the thing that is so perfect for the per. Like, I honestly see things and I'm just like, this made me think of this. Right. This person for this reason. Right. And the way her sister was acting, it just totally took away from that. It did. It did. And then um, the old, the nephew who's older than the niece was told by a friend at school that Santa wasn't real. Yeah. And he believed it. And then she was on this ramp. Then sister Kathy was like also on a rampage of like, he has to believe. One more year. It was really important that he believed just one more year. Yeah. And um, so she made Jill take him to go see Santa at a department store. And that was a huge fiasco. It did not. It did not go over well at all. Basically just confirmed in his head that Santa did not exist and there was nothing you could do about it. Santa wasn't real and he did not want to hear about it. You don't want to hear about it. But um, Jill, in her awesome bumblingness, she was able to uh, make him believe again. So she... Uh, it was so cute how she it was, did it too. I mean, because it wasn't just him. It was and the whole class. Like I wrote this note down about her where I said I liked how Jill tried to use her magic for good, helped her family the best she could, even if it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Because that's exactly what she was like. Like she just wanted to do what was right by her family. Yeah. I mean, like there's a scene where she's trying to find the total dream office for her niece. And she like uses this magic sleeping spell on a clerk and like tries to steal a box out of the window, like the display well, she, out of the window. The display and she puts the money on the counter and under the on- hand of the sleeping clerk. Yeah, and then she's just like, I it's fine because I paid for it. But then she takes it home, and it's just like an empty box. An empty box. And the clerk tried to warn her about that. Yes, a couple times. A couple times. A lot. <laughs> but it was like, like, I don't know. It was just so funny because it was just like she did try to do so much good with it. She did. And it was just one of those things where it's like, you try, you try, you try, and then it, you fall just short of it. Yeah. But it was the whole thing. Like, she really did honestly try to do good. And she she cared. And she, yeah. And she knew she messed up. And, yeah. And she felt bad about it. Like, right. she knew. She didn't need her sister to come at her all the time about this. Thing. Yeah. 
you know, the her saving Christmas for her nephew kind of was like that was like probably one of my favorite one of my favorite moments was for, you know, everybody that was in that room, like they came out of it believing again. If they didn't believe before, they they believed again. So let's talk about the date or dates. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she has a, a PI or is he a detective? I think he's a detective. I can't remember. But that, she is, that's why I got that she. Yeah. Forrester that she used to be a te- detective because they definitely knew each other. Yeah. So it definitely was one of those things where it was like this, like there was definitely like a history there. Yeah. So Kathy knew about him and Kathy yeah. was like, oh, how did the date with James go? Right. So she has this date with him that she sets up and she asked Mrs. V, her like receptionist, to <laughs> book a lunch. And then she goes into to her magic town land and she meets uh or comes across drake who she has had some some stuff going on in the past too some sort of relationship like they flirted or maybe they have gone on some dates i'm not sure yet but you know they've had some relationship type they're they like each other and she's like i'll i'll get us a table and she tells her Mrs. V to get a table at the same restaurant. Now, here's my question, because I didn't go back and read. Did she tell her for both the same day, or did Mrs. V really mess up? She really messed up. They were supposed to be on two different days. And she even made a comment. She's like, I know, showing up to the same restaurant two days in a row with two different men. She's like, but hey, like, what are you going to do? Right. sentiment of somebody so, who's like fumbling through life like right. what are you gonna do so yeah so she has these two dates that end up they weren't supposed to be on the same day but they end up being on the same day same time luckily the uh owner <laughs> was very kind and he put the two men in like two separate parts of the the well, restaurant which, which i feel like we definitely have to say the owner knew her father, who mm-hmm. has also passed. So both of her parents have passed. And this is a super popular restaurant in town. It's like the hottest the hottest meal ticket in town, basically. Like, yeah. it's hard to get reservations there. And both men, when she sat down at the tables, even said, how did you possibly get a reservation here? So close to Christmas. Right. She... Um, the owner had been helped out by her father, so he gave him lifetime reservations whenever he wanted and then extended that to Jill after he passed. Yeah. Which I think is a huge sentiment to her character. Yeah. Because people, people aren't going to do nice things like that for just anybody. And they knew each other well enough that she had a tab there because she offered to pay for both dates. Yeah. And th- both the guys were very... Like and she was jumping. She, she, she did the best she could with the date. Yeah. Like you just couldn't help but like chuckle at her. Yeah, like the owner saw her come in and he's just like We're wondering about you because we have you down. And she's like, they're like we have you down for two reservations. And she's like, yeah, one for today and one for tomorrow. And they're like, 
No, they were both for today. And she was like, oh, no, Mrs. V. Messed up. Messed up. Which it seemed kind of out of character for Mrs. V, but then at the same time, I don't think it really did. It sounded like stuff like this might actually kind of happen a lot. But yeah, no, because I haven't read any of the other books. But Mrs. V did have that huge project that she was working on. And, you know, she just may not have been all the way like she may not have been thinking right. Yeah, she was swamped a little bit. I mean, but both dates were there. The owner was super nice, put them on separate sides of the restaurant. So you can't really see each, each of the tables. The waitress was. While she was laughing her butt off, she handled it really well. Yeah. I mean, when she popped up and went to the second table for the first time, and she's like, the waitress is like, oh, are you going to have the tomato bisque? Because she had just ordered it at the other table. Right. It's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have that. Yes. It seriously is like a scene out of a movie. Like, we've seen this a hundred times. Like, honestly, do you know what popped into my head was Mrs. Doubtfire? (laughs) when Robin Williams is trying to have the production dinner is running back and forth between the tables and he has to have like the meeting with his producers and himself and then he has like the celebratory dinner with the family as Mrs. Doubtfire and he just keeps running back and forth like it made me think of that but it wasn't as dramatic right it it definitely wasn't as dramatic yeah which is totally fine it It just was just funny because I'm like, wait, why isn't it like doing more, you know? Right. But it was kind of fun how she wrote it. Like it didn't have to be a big thing. It was not a big deal. It was just kind of like, this is how it happened. And it was just kind of fun how she was able to play it out. Yeah. Well, and she just, I think was probably the funniest thing was like, she ate two tomato soups and she ate two turkey dinners and then the guys are like, dessert. She's like, no. Yeah, she was like, I can't eat. I am not feeling very well. I'm a little queasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, I don't know. It was just really funny. But it was just, I don't know. Like, I kind of liked that both men were a little dim-witted about it. Because most guys would just be like, where were you at? Like, where did you go? Right. And they were just like oh, this soup is delicious. <laughs> like it's it was like, really good soup. Yeah. Yeah. They it wasn't, like even anything. And I'm like, she had to have been at the, like gone long enough from the tables to actually like really notice it. For sure. They, but maybe they're just so used to her quirkiness or her. I mean, probably. Well, cause she did. I mean, I guess she did just find out that she was a witch. So she probably, especially with, James who is not in the in the magic world I'm sure she probably like popped in and out on him a lot where he's just like where did she go again right definitely that uh that sentiment or whatever you know yeah so uh it starts to snow it starts to snow bad and Christmas is about to either be ruined or or saved yeah the the husband, uh, what was his name again? Um, Pete. Pete, thank you. I was like, it's not Patrick, but <laughs> that's what was coming to my head. Um, he is away on tr- a business trip, a conference, um, 
right before the holidays. And so he he's gone. And so they're trying to it ends up that he calls his wife, Kathy, and is like, I can't make it. The roads are too bad. Trains are full. Yes. And so Kathy, Kathy's almost like, um, almost like a negative Nancy a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, she was expecting him to be home for Christmas and they had plans to go to his family for Christmas. They had all these plans and I understand when plans like get changed, but like sometimes and maybe it's like who I am and my life as a military spouse where I'm just like, well, that really sucks. I'll be sad for a little bit, but what are we going to do to make it make it work? What are we going to do to make it better? Um, but she was really upset and freaking out. And um, and her sister literally saved Christmas for her sister. Jill saved yeah, Christmas. Because Pete was actually not supposed to be able to get back until Boxing Day. Which, yeah. If you don't know what Boxing Day, it's the day after Christmas. But yeah, she calls him and asks him exactly where he's at in the train station. And she kind of like apparates herself there yeah finds him takes him out onto the platform apparates him back to their hometown puts a forgetting charm on him (laughs) and then sends him in a taxi and he's like i don't know how it happened i was just in the train station and then i was in a taxi home and i'm here merry christmas yeah i don't know how it happened but i must have fallen asleep on the train and Jill's like, yeah, you must have fallen asleep on the train. Like, it's not even that big of a deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, so, it, like, Christmas was almost ruined. But then we should also talk about how um that Winky, who, from the well, sounds of it, did you, you read the very end, like, his little after? Yeah. Where he, apparently he is not necessarily a, a very nice cat. Right. So I feel like we need to go back for one second. Yeah. Winky does two things that are very out of his character. Very out of his character and Um, very kind. Yeah. So we mentioned that Jill's um, receptionist, Mrs. V, was crazy busy. She actually was trying. Oh, it was the sweetest thing, but like totally crazy. Totally. It's something I would do. Yeah. Yeah, I can make a hundred socks. Yeah. Sure. She decided to knit a hundred stockings for the orphanage so all of the kids in the orphanage could have their very own stocking with something to open for Christmas morning. And it's the sweetest thing. And honestly, like, I kind of feel a little bit like a, a Jill because. I asked for knitting stuff one year for Christmas, and it just sits in my closet. I really do intend to pull it out and learn how to knit. It just hasn't happened. Right. But she, Jill was like, I went home. I tried knitting one time because Mrs. V got me into it, and I started making a scarf that immediately unraveled when I stopped it. <laughs> she was like, I swore I would never knit again. So, because Mrs. V was just like, oh, come on, you can totally knit. You can help me with these 100 stockings. Right. Um, You've been knitting. You tell me about how you knit all the time. And Jill was like, didn't want to break her heart. So she just 
told her she knitted. knitted. (laughs) That sounds like something I would totally do because I would not have the heart to be like, yeah, I don't do that. Oh, that thing I was really excited about and had you get me. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. I haven't done it yet. Or I tried it once and gave up and I just don't do it anymore. Right. But she, Mrs. V, had her whole little knitting club, the Yarnies. Yarnies. And they tried. Street name. Yeah, their street name. (laughs) She tried so hard to to get the stockings done and then she fell asleep. She had 90. She had 90 out of the 100 and it was Christmas Eve. And there's no way she could have done 10. Mm-mm. All the other Yarnies went home and left way before she did. Yeah. Because. They're old or they, they don't get as much. Yeah. They just don't care. They're a little bit older. They can't. They're not used to. They're used to knitting, but maybe not at that pace or that, that level. Yeah. So, yeah. So she fell asleep. And Jill, just the optimist, was like, no, let's let's count the stockings. Right. It looks like you have a lot here. Let's count them. And Mrs. V is, like, so adamant. Like, nope, I have 90. I counted 90. I have them in these piles. I put them, like, started putting them in these bags. And then Jill finds 10 by a filing cabinet. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's 100 stockings. And Mrs. V is like, I must have done them. I don't remember. I don't remember. And I would never have put them over by the filing cabinet. But that's where they were at. And so Jill was like, well, maybe one of the Yarnies put them over there. Maybe you were so tired you didn't even know where you put them. Like there's a hundred different things that could have happened. So that was miracle number one. Miracle number one. For Winky. Well, but Winky, it's funny, she's like, Jill's like, how'd that happen? And Winky's like, I ordered them. And she's like, how'd you pay for them? Your credit card. Like, yeah. and it was, it, it was like, how'd you get him here? Courier. It wasn't cheap. The reason this woman is poor is she has to spend like $500 to help, or her cat's spending $500 for her to like, help people yeah so not only is she not getting jobs it's like i'm not getting any jobs or work and now this cat's gonna be spending all of my money yeah because we also find out through his party because jill actually worries about winky and on her on her christmas eve she pops in to see him to see how he is doing when he has a party that party. She thought he was mailing out Christmas cards. They were invitations <laughs> to a bunch of cats. And they had a Christmas Catmas party. <laughs> merry Catmas. They had a very merry Catmas party. But then Jill finds out miracle number two. Winky found the coveted Christmas present. Total Dream Office was mailed. Very expensively and purchased very expensively <laughs> on Jill's credit card, which he very blatantly was like, "You paid for you it. Paid for it. Here you go." But at this point, Jill didn't even care because she got the she got the total dream office. Her yeah. niece was gonna be happy. Her nephew was super excited because he believed in Santa again. 
Right. And Pete was home. So she just didn't even care. She was like, Winky, how did you even do this? Like, she that's her only question, not why did you use my card? It was just like, how did you even do this? Yeah. Deep down, Winky's good, even though apparently he's not necessarily a very nice cat, which we've all met that not nice cat. Yeah. I like every cat ever. And I say that as a cat owner and a cat lover. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just so cute. It was. It's- I do have to say, though, I do have to tell, like, talk about this one little storyline because there's a lot. There's like so many. It's a 94 page story, but it's packed. There's so many little stories. There's some stuff with the cousins we didn't even get into. There's more stuff with the like the grandmother throws this grand party. Grandma. That we don't even get into. But. The one thing that I feel like I have to talk about, because this is totally my life and would totally happen to me, is the mishap with Luther and the mistletoe. <laughs> that, um... Because <laughs> even though Jill has these two men who, like, go on a date with her, that she, like, obviously they have histories or connections on right. whatever level. Right. She is so in love She's and infatuated. Smitten. Like, she is so smitten with her neighbor, Luther. <laughs> First of all, okay, I just went to my hairstylist to have my hair done before Christmas. And her and I were talking about our first crushes in high school. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about, like, how funny... Like, how funny the whole experience was. Like, right. we look back at it now, and, like, at the time, we were, like, so shy. And, like, oh, my gosh, he looked at me. and Like, whatever. But, like, how it's just, like, so funny now. But we were also discussing, like, what hopeless romantics both of us are, even yeah. though we don't necessarily want to be hopeless romantics. And, um, well, at least I said I don't necessarily want to be a hopeless <laughs> romantic. But we were talking about, like how our dream of like meeting somebody would just never happen anymore because life just isn't like that anymore. Like my whole thought is like, I'm going to, I was going to be in a bookstore and we were going to reach for the same book and it was going to be like, no, let me buy this book for you or like something stupid like that. Or they call out the name of a coffee at Starbucks and we both ordered the same coffee and we both, both go to grab it and then we just look at each other's eyes and be like no you take the coffee and then we just sit there and talk all (laughs) afternoon and realize we're meant to be together okay these are this these are the things that I dream about because I'm single (laughs) (laughs) and I'm laughing at you and I'm sorry (laughs) no don't be because it's so ridiculous because that's just not how life is anymore everybody's on their headphones Nobody pays attention. Yeah. If I went to grab the same coffee as somebody else and it was some guy, realistically, he would probably be like, take it or just give me a dirty look and grab it out of my hands. Yeah. Because that's the reality of the people that we are in anymore. And honestly, the only bookstores that really exist anymore is Barnes and Noble and a couple Amazon Go places. But you have to know where those are to actually seek them out. We don't even have Amazon Go where I'm at. So, so you're lucky. Or it's not Amazon Go. Maybe it's like just the Amazon bookstore. I don't know. 
But anyway, like they just don't exist anymore. Right. So the fact that Jill sets up this entire elaborate plan of a mistletoe over her door so she can set it up. Like she literally stocks her door for when Luther is going to show up so she can be in the hallway and accidentally have him kiss her. And she tries this three times. Three times. And every time doesn't work. It doesn't work. And the third and final time she is like, it's going to happen. Today is the day he's going to kiss me and he's going to look into my eyes and he's going to realize how much he loves me and how much we're meant for each other and we're going to get married. Like she literally <laughs> went from zero to 60. Right. But it's funny because I like I laughed at this because it didn't happen once for her. Right. He ends up that Luther the first time ends up kissing a different neighbor. Who was conniving. That girl did it on purpose. Oh, totally. Totally conniving. And then the second time, didn't she end up kissing, like, the old man or something like that? Some neighbor. Some other neighbor. Like, she's under it, and the guy notices her. Before Luther. Before Luther. And then Luther, Luther walks by and, like, smiles and, like, chuckles at her. Yeah. And then the third time, it's like Luther's, like, secretary or whatever follows him into the hallway and then kisses him. But that one was the most sad because he doesn't even notice Jill is there. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, Jill, I didn't even see you. And it's like, oh, poor Jill. Poor Jill. And this is what would happen in my life. Because I've had, like, not this exact situation, but I was at I would hope not. <laughs> I know. But I was at work once and I was like, this guy that I like came into work and I was like, oh, this is great. I can walk him to his table. He was a cop and him and his partner came in for lunch all the time and no hosts were around. I was like, this is great. I can walk him to his table. Nobody's here. And what do I do? I walk right smack into a linen bag right in front of him and trip. In front of him. <laughs> No, it's my life. I I understand that this is my life. That's why whenever I see things, I'm like, I'm just waiting for my weirdo to appear. (laughs) Nothing graceful is going to happen in my life. So I do connect with Jill a lot. And that part made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Like even the third one where it broke my heart just a little bit that Luther was like, oh, Jill, I didn't even see you. The whole thing just made me laugh so hard because yeah. I'm like, who hasn't had a Luther in their life that they're just like smitten over and like, oh, like, where's he at? I'm going to stalk him just so I can <laughs> smile at him. Right. Like, like I just want to walk. I just want him to walk by me so he can smile at me. He's going to notice me this time. He's going to talk to me this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I may be doing it the wrong way, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. But it was just so funny because I was like, poor Jill. She puts up that mistletoe just to get a little kiss from Luther and it doesn't happen once. And she knows it, too. She's like, I know this is my last chance for this. Yeah. But one of my favorite things, scenes that happened in the book was or the story, I should say, is that um, like she can hear animals speak, cats and dogs. 
that we know of right now they can speak mm-hmm. to her and so she hears them speak but she's in her apartment she's hearing this like cat yowling and she's like where is that cat coming from what is somebody doing to that cat and so she yeah. she walks around the apartment and she figures out where it's coming from and she knocks on betty right yeah she knocks on betty's door and the yelling stops and jill's basically like where's the cat what are you doing to the cat why don't you let the cat out or you know just and betty's like there's no cat i was singing i was practicing singing (laughs) (laughs) jill's like oh (laughs) (laughs) but i thought that was funny because when she was like there's this cat yelling and I'm like, but why can't you hear what it says? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was funny. There was a lot of really, um, yeah. funny. it was a fun little funny short story. Um, now I'm like, yay, crap. I have another series that I want to read. Um, yeah. To, to keep up. But I think, um, overall her stories are going to be, Probably quick, short, fun, fast reads. Maybe definitely not as short as this one. This one was 94 pages. I don't know how long her yeah, other ones are. I was looking. I kind of feel like some of her other books are probably. I mean, I can actually even click into a couple really quickly. Hold on. I mean, her 12th book is 226 pages. Oh, so they're not. Yeah. It looks like Yeah. I clicked on. Um, What was it? 22 book 22 it was 250 pages so yeah book seven's 225 so I think they're probably all gonna be about the same page so I think yeah they'll be a relatively easy read um they're not too expensive on Amazon and if you have Amazon unlimited you can get those for zero dollars yeah and honestly like there were a couple that I was looking at that even if you didn't have Amazon unlimited it didn't look like they were that expensive. Yeah. Maybe like a dollar free. Yeah, most of them are like um, 99 cents or like 3.99 <laughs> or something. Yeah, like 3.99. I mean, we we had already said she's got 29 books in the series. 3.99 could add up a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. Yeah, for that, you if you're doing that and, and you get books off of Amazon a lot for your Kindle or whatever, you it might be worth it just to do the the unlimited. Yeah. Even I'm like thinking about that now with this is like how much is it? Maybe I should look into it. I will say my one worry with just how many books are in this series, and I say this only reading the short story, is. Sometimes when you get into books that, or authors that have a lot of books with the same character, or even an author that just pumps out a ton of books, mm-hmm. James Patterson, Dean Koontz, um, I would even say, I would even throw Stephen King into this just a little bit, and I might get some backlash on that. Um, Charlene Harris came to mind really big with this is that when you get into into a series like this where there's a lot of books yeah or an author that pumps out a lot of books it just seems very formula written yeah which is not a bad thing because they're quick easy reads 
quick entertainment, get your mind off of what's going on right now, takes you into another world with another character. I think a lot of these characters are really endearing. I don't think they're books that I could just sit and read back to back to back to back. Right. Personally. No, I think these would be more of like maybe good for an airplane ride or um, a book at the beach or, you know, something that, you know, you just need something quick and easy. I have an afternoon off. I want to read. And then you finish it like a couple days later. Yeah. And, you know, and if you're not wanting something too deep and, you know. Or if maybe you've been reading a lot of deep and heavy stuff, this would be maybe a good something to to get you to yeah to get away from that a little bit. I mean, we haven't announced the next book yet, so I'm not going to say it, but I will say I've already started the next book. It's okay if you want to announce it. I'm fine um, with that. Well, well, we announced it actually in Life of Pi podcast, which doesn't come out till till January. So Does it come I'm, out till... I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna say it just because we do have we're trying to have some type of method to our madness. Except for but this one. I will I will say that I've already started it. It is a little bit more serious. I will say that it is true crime. Yes. So I could see like needing a break from that. I would go to something like this. Right. I don't I don't want people to get to get this wrong. I I don't think there's anything wrong with those writers that do that. The Mm-mm. Sookie Stackhouse series with Charlene Harris was very successful. I read the entire series. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But after book five, when it was like, you're still reintroducing characters. Right. Or characteristics, major characteristics of those characters. I was like, I, I can't. Like, I I understand who this character is. I understand who that character is. Right. Like, let's just get to the story. And I mean, I get it because they have to give a little bit of backstory to it with this, with this book being a short story. She didn't go into a lot of backup and a backstory. It wasn't like, I'm Jill. And I just found out I'm a witch five years ago. Like, right. It was nothing like that. But like, I, I would almost worry that it would be like that. But with that being said, I would still probably read the first five books. Right. Me too. Like, For sure. I, I would honestly be like, I'm going to I'm going to give this multiple books to try out because I did like the characters so much. Yeah. And it's I did, enjoyable. Like, and yeah, her writing was great. There was a lot of action. There was some tender moments. There was a lot of like give and take through everything. So I feel like the author did a lot in the time she gave herself. Yeah. So that's that's just like a little negative worry in my head where it's like sometimes when you read books like that, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, mm, I, I know. But I do think this would be a really enjoyable series. I I haven't gotten it yet, but I was looking at, like, book one already. And the only reason why I haven't gotten it is because I have so many other books that I've just recently acquired on Kindle. Don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. I know, but Amazon is like, here, have a free book. Like, look at this list and have a free book. And I'm like, okay, Amazon. <laughs> free book. You said free. I'll take it. Exactly. Exactly. 
Speaking of free, I don't know if you know this. If you buy like a hard copy book, and I don't I don't know if it's all books, but I've bought two books recently. One was Eddie Seal, and then the other one was Percy Jackson. Okay. Um, the and that I bought for my nephew for Christmas. Both of those are now in my Kindle, um, uh, and they were free. So um, I I need to look more into this, like how it works, if it's all books or if it's just certain books. But it's something to look at because <laughs> it was like, like when I ordered it, it was like, why, why, why wait to start the book when you can start it now on your Kindle? And I was like, oh, there's my free digital copy. So, yeah. so um, my nephew gets the hard copy and I'm like, I'm going to read Percy because I've actually never read Percy now. Oh, you haven't. Yeah. mm I haven't either. Um, one of my other best friends and old roommate, she read all the Percy Jackson books. Yeah, she used to love them. She loved them. I do like Greek mythology, so I feel like I would like them, but I haven't read them yet. I watched the movie when it came out. I I did watch the movie when it came out. I enjoyed it, but I did not read the book, so I don't know like if it if it was a disappointment or Yeah, that's how I felt too. I mean, it was it was a it it, it felt good, but it ne- they never did a second one. So, did they do a second one? Um, I don't. I don't think, so. I don't think they did. Go on. Uh, I don't think they did. I don't think the series of movies did very well, or the yeah. first one did very well. So. Yeah. Okay. So really quickly, I'm gonna go back really fast. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, <laughs> just looked up. Book one. It's called A Witch P.I. Mystery, Book One. The title of this is Witch is When It All Began. Ooh. And right now it's only 99 cents on the Kindle bookstore. So we both know that right now I'm going to buy this. You can um, buy this. But it is only 212 pages. It's the starter. It said, what would you do if you discovered you were a witch? That's exactly what happens to private investigator Jill Gooder. And as if that wasn't enough, she has a serial killer to catch. More magic, mystery, and laughs that you Ooh. can shake at a stick or shake a stick at. Ooh. Ooh. So actually that's kind of fun. It'll be That's cute. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this will be a nice like little afterward. I am intrigued. I would totally I'm definitely intrigued. I want to read yeah. more. Yeah, so I'll probably read this. I'll probably read a few of the books and give it give it some um give it some chances. And like I said, I read the whole Sophie Stackhouse series because yeah, me too. When I think of like a formula writing series, that's what I think of. And I've read a lot. Like I've read some Charlene Harris short stories. Yeah, and some other things. And I really enjoyed her writing. I really enjoyed this writing. So even if it is a little formulated, I'm still probably going to enjoy the books. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes some people are better at formulation writing than others. You you got me some books a few years ago that were, it was like Vampire and Witcher, Witches, Sorcerer, I don't know. They were at like a school or whatever. And, uh, uh, the unmarked series yeah that one like after like the third book I'm like it's the same thing and so I stopped (laughs) and you know what's funny is I actually continued to read that series and 
it's the same thing where it was like A leads to B, which leads to C, which leads to D. And yeah. it was like that. But I think I read them separated enough that I was like, okay, I kind of like this. Um, and you went back, yeah. And I did I did go back. I actually just found a couple of those books that I, I had received from, I think, for Christmas a couple years ago from my sister. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to finish the series. Yeah. Um, which well, tell me, tell me how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to even go back and see which one of the two books I need to read first. <sighs> it's something I would definitely have to have to figure out. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, as we were sitting here, just purchased that. <laughs> go, Josie. I so, have not. As much as I was just here being like, I don't want formulated writing or I don't want it to be formulated writing, I guess. Um, I just bought the book, so. But it sounds good. Yeah, it does. And like like we both said, it's I'm sure the writing she her writing is really good. So even if it is like that, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sure. We're, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this one. So I'm I mean, and like I said, like you said, I enjoyed Suki Stackhouse, but she did have kind of the same formula throughout the whole series and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, any final thoughts on it? Would you recommend this? Yeah, I would. I would totally recommend this book, and then I'd probably be like, go check out the rest, even though I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's go read it together. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Definitely. I reckon I would recommend it. It was a fun, cute little Christmas book, a little story. Yeah. Um, I feel like some people might have a problem with not being able to put all the pieces together. Um, because there's just certain things you don't know about the characters because it's yeah. of the series. And we didn't know that when we picked this out. It didn't give any indication that this book was in the middle of any type of series or anything. Yeah. Um but it did make me intrigued to want to read more of her books. So right. it did that, and that that can't be so bad, right? We can um, find out what happens with James and Drake. Oh, yeah, and... I'm actually kind of intrigued to see how she even finds out she's a witch. So yeah, and why is Grandma evil or or just a trickster or what? Trickster or just a yeah. surly or a grumpy old grandma instead of a grumpy old man. She's a grumpy old yeah. grandma. Like I definitely want to see like how her and Kathy became sisters. I want to see what yeah. happened to her parents, if it was related or not related, because they both have definitely passed. Passed, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely intrigued and look forward to reading the rest of this. Me too. I can't wait to find out what happens yeah. with Jill and uh, Winky. I know. I do want to read more about Winky, <laughs> the surly little angry surly cat. Little cat. Um, so really quickly, just to kind of go with everything else, is there anything else that you've pulled from the bookshelf recently? Um, I'm like four hours. I'm, I'm doing audiobook of We Were the Lucky Ones, which is about um, a, a, Pol- a Jewish Polish family during World War II. Very, very good book. I have like about four hours left to listen to. And then I, a couple weeks ago, I had finished book two of the Chris Colfer Land of Stories, which I really like listening to that with Dash in the car. I'm, I'm waiting for that to, to pop back up into my, my, uh, 
library so I can listen to the third book with him I'm trying to think what else we've been reading or what I've been reading besides besides that it's it's been hard this month to read like um yeah I, like all my all the things I want to read just due to the things that I already have that I have to read or not have to read that I want to finish reading and the, or listening to and then doing um just Christmas stuff yeah I I totally understand. Oh, I have Eddie Steele. I have Eddie Steele's um, second book. It's on the way. It'll be here on Wednesday, but I do have the digital Kindle. It's on my Kindle because I ordered it. So I might start that this week. Mm, yeah, so I can find out what happens. I know. I want to read that one. I'm so excited. I almost just purchased We Were the Lucky Ones. It it's looks so good. So good. It looks it's, really good. It's a it's a big book. Like audio version is um like fifteen hours. Oh wow. Yeah, that's a big book. So I'm I'm assuming it's pretty thick, but it's yeah. um it so far it's really, really good while I'm listening to it because like there's just like there'll be like a section or a chapter where it's like nineteen forty one and it talks about like what has happened in the war or what's going on in a certain area with the war and then like a whole bunch will happen or they'll talk about each family member or whatever and then then the it'll break again into um like kind of a news brief a little bit and it'd be like 1942 and I'm like oh my god they were doing this like late 30s how long these families were dealing with like the issues and the separations um that they were dealing with it I just like I'm like this like to me I'm like this is so long but and I'm only listening to it it's not even long in you know like the years and the the torture and the fear that they had Mm -hmm. it it really is an amazing book um it's based on a true story um the granddaughter of one of the um, survivors is the one who wrote it. And so basically everything is based off of um, what she has been told about her family. And then she has added the the little like bits and stories and conversations. But a lot of the, the things that have happened in it were actually true that happened to the family. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I have purchased or received for free one, two, three, four, five different books. I haven't started any of them yet, but there's a couple in here that I am really looking forward to. One of them I actually sent you, The Road Beyond Ruin. Yes, yeah. Which looks really good, but I'm, I don't know if I can start that yet. Um, but there was one... Um, called second i'm actually kind of intrigued to read this it's kind of futuristic utopia um and it's called second born Mm. and it just talks about how in society if like however many children you have there's like a rank for all of them oh wow the second born is sent to the military and it's just kind of like about this person like this girl or i think it's a girl who kind of has to choose, like, what she does. But um, my last couple weeks have been super crazy. I 
have been helping one of my best friends in Chicago out a lot with some stuff that she was going through personally. Right. Um, and so I didn't get to really read a lot this last week, but we did get to sit down and we watched this movie that was so amazing. It's called Operation Finale and it's based on a true story. And it honestly reminds me so much of the book that you're listening to right now. Mm. This is actually like post-World War II. And it's actually 15 years after the war ended. A team of top secret Israeli agents traveled down to Argentina to track down Adolf Eichmann. Mm-hmm. And he was the um, Nazi officer who masterminded the transportation logistics. Right. Brought millions of the Jews to their deaths in the concentration camps. Well, he, for those of you who don't really know any of the history of all of this stuff, a lot of the war criminals from World War II, like a lot of the Nazi war criminals or people who were deemed criminals, fled. And a lot of them actually fled to Argentina and parts of different, um, different parts of South America. Yeah. And this was just, Israel had already been created as a nation, like in 48. This happens around 60, 1960. So Israeli, Israeli, (laughs) Israel has been a nation for almost a decade or just over a decade. And it's just them kind of like finding the notorious war criminal. Right, And this was a major war criminal for them to find. And there's so much, like, heart in this story. One, because of the people, like, the agents who are seeking him out. Two, the main agent, Peter, who really got into the game of cat and mouse with him to get him to kind of... Come out agree to do all this stuff to leave Argentina. I mean, just the whole thing of it and just all the different moving parts to get him out of Argentina, to take him back to Israel to to try him. Right. But there's still just so much heart in it because, like, some of the people who you think would have the most reason to be heartless showed so much heart even to somebody who was so it was so incredibly important for them to catch this criminal right and I mean there's I I mean I don't want to give too much away but I mean if you know anything about the history or anything like that you'll know but there's just this incredible scene where they have Adolf Eichmann in this room and He's like, just tell me if my family's okay. And Peter at first just walks out and doesn't answer him. And then it's the next day or his next shift. And he's like, just tell me my family's okay. And like, of course they're okay. What kind of captors do you think we are? And it's like, they are just showing a humanity that these other people just didn't show. Show them, yeah. Like, for him, he was just like, oh, like, for Eichmann, he was probably just like, oh, my gosh, they did something to my family, because that's probably what he would have done. Right. And for them, they're like, why would you think we would even do that? Like, they're innocent in this. Like, yeah. as much as they weren't, they were. Like, they weren't there for them, you know? Right. Um, 
but it was just like there was so much so much to give and so much heart have become really intrigued with post-world war ii yeah and what happened in europe because it's amazing and incredible and mind-blowing what all of europe had to go through for a decade at least trying to fix to rebuild yeah and rebuild and this was just one story of these people rebuilding of what happened happened during the holocaust it was just incredible it's an incredible movie where did you watch it from um i just rented it out of a red box okay yeah red box i did just find this it's a one sentence review about this movie but it really does articulate what the what the movie is all about and it says the film communicate communicates the horror and aching loss of the holocaust without actually showing us many gory details i think stories like these are so important for us so important and you to listen to and read and and have because it's so easy to forget there's some really good books out there on world war ii right now so yeah i mean i feel like a big bummer because i'm the one who brought up this segment of our show and it, we totally took a turn off our well like, I, mary katniss i i could uh i could work some editing magic and <laughs> we'll just talk about like quick blurb and then I can take it out <laughs> and then we could just then we could just do this like just uh let's let's talk world war Two. I don't know well maybe it's like maybe one day we just read different books about world war Two. I don't know maybe um, yeah so that was a bummer to end on maybe <laughs> way to go Josie I know it's such a bummer um well um I guess that's gonna end this pop-up episode I guess this would be a quick pop-up episode but I think we just gave Sheila a lot of stuff to do (laughs) on top of everything else Merry Christmas Sheila yeah it's my present (laughs) to you love you you. um but I hope even in the busy season, you guys are still out there pulling stuff from your bookshelves and continuing to read. Yeah. Thank you for joining us and thank you yeah, for being with us. Yes, thank you. So uh, go crack a book open and we'll talk to you all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>